Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. We've got specific preseason predictions as the Vikings kick off their preseason tonight at an absurdly late hour. Hey, this is Arif Hassan. I actually did pre-show prep. Turns out Sam does email the notes. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is 7 p.m. for me. It's a great primetime slot. Luke Edmund at Luke underscore Spinman. I got the lock of the century in tonight's preseason game. You don't want to miss it. Week. Vikings plus three and a half at FanDuel for the Degenerates. We address that and more on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. Welcome in a Vikings game day edition of the Minnesota football party. So glad you joined us on this Thursday. It's the four man panel with Ron Johnson joining later. I'm Sam Ekstrom, Luke and Luke plus a reef time for a great show. As we preview Vikings Seahawks this evening, find us on YouTube on video for free and leave a comment down below with your thoughts on the game. Also find us free and available wherever you get your podcast on today's show specific preseason predictions down to the tackle down to the yard for tonight's tilt also we're going to provide tips on how to stay awake in the second half with a 9 p.m kickoff on the west coast ron johnson maybe will have some tips as well he'll be uh, doing the pregame show this evening on tv but uh luke braun you are back in your native habitat you have left TCO Performance Center, where you've been camping, I assume, in some kind of tent for the past week and a half or so. You're back. You're back out Probably west. More accurate to say, stowing away. Stowing. You've been like stowing after away. practice, yes. you go live. I assume you, you do some kind of show, and then you go under the bleachers where you yeah, have evading little, uh, security corner. in their rounds, understanding their patrols, and knowing where to hide. All that. Yeah. Right. A yeah, it's real solid snake stuff. That's yeah. the real yeah. scouting report going yeah. on. The exclamation <laughs> point. <you know>. Yeah. <laughs> Luke is there for the closed portion of the walkthrough because he he lives in the in the practice. Right. He sees I was all in the up in the side, climbed up to the ceiling, and I actually it's a really good view. It's like all twenty two. He yeah. watched the Dalton Reisner workout. That's why he was so negative on <laughs> selling the film to Bill Belichick over there in New England. Yeah. <laughs> Reisner, by the way, still a free agent. Very interesting. Still a free agent. Huh. 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 Viking Seahawks kick off as we record this in about 10 hours. Um, I want specific predictions. I don't want generic. I want specific. I want to know exactly what's going to happen tonight. And we start with Luke Inman. You want what? Individual players, individual performances. What do you I don't know. Here, whatever, whatever you want. How about, uh, how about Thayer Thomas? Three catches tonight. Two of them are going to be for first downs. Just past the sticks. Total of 27 yards. How about that? That's the kind of prediction I'm looking for. Let me throw one out there. Dwayne McBride is going to have 13 carries, a team high, for 82 yards, and 70 of those will be on one play. One yard per carry on the other 12, but 70 yards on one run. I like it. Boomer, uh, Boomer bust, baby. It's, I love it. Uh, it is technically possible, and you can envision the path by which it happened, but it's not happening. I very much enjoy this. I like this. Are you guys hearing Robo Reef? Yeah, I yeah. got Robo Reef. Going yeah, Robo Reef. That's a nice Fantastic touch on the voice. Mike, but you might want to you might want to work on that. Um, you can troubleshoot Luke Braun. Give me a specific prediction. 
Everyone's so excited to see uh, Jordan Addison. I think you're going to get one drive of him, and then he's he's going <laughs> to. I agree. And I, I agree. Think on that drive, he will catch a Laquan Treadwell one pass for 15 yards. 15. You okay. say one 15 yard catch, and then that'll be it. And then he'll be. You did your work. You go to bench. If there was one player prop, if there was actually preseason player props, Ivan Pace at a minimum one tackle for loss. At a minimum. <laughs> Yes, Ivan Pace, two sacks, six tackles. Two I like sacks? It. I like that. Yeah, I like We're it. Blitzing, I like baby. it. How does, how does my voice sound now? We're good. Unfortunately, it sounds better. It sounds more human. Gonna, it was going to be a good bit all it's, show if you were Robo Reef. I still believe amazing. that that what was just a Reef's AI glitching out. Yeah. I all that was I did real was your I, eyes I, red, dude. I, <laughs> I switched the mic to a mic I'm not using, then I switched it back to the one I am using. Changed yeah. no settings. Hmm. It literally <laughs> worked. Yeah, just amazing. To turn it off and on again. Yeah, uh, Jalen Naylor, 77 yards, five receptions, uh, one drop, uh, touchdown. What, what's the drop? Are we talking? I don't think Naylor's making the trip, but okay. Oh, right, because the injury. Uh, change that yeah. to uh, no, it can't be Tristan Jackson. Rager? Did you mean Rager? Uh, no, I would not mean Rager. <laughs> let's let's not Definitely put words in my mouth. Not Rager. Uh, it's not going to be Osborne. It's not going to be Addison. Uh, man, who's been showing out? Oh, uh, Luke Bronze guy Powell. Let's do that one. There you go. Same stat line. Jaron Hall, six for 11, 78 yards, one TD through the air, one on the ground with his feet, mm. one tip pass, though, at the line that goes for an interception. It's not his fault, guys. Let's not overreact to that. <laughs> I had him down 11 of 16, 89 yards. So, like, five yards in attempt kind of night. One pick. Maybe it's tip, like Luke said, but I do have him scoring with his legs. Sure. Goal line yeah. play, just put it in. I think there's Luke, maybe you saw this in, in practice. I think there's going to be a lot of broken plays with Jaron Hall in the game, whether it's his fault. Yes. Or not, I think he's going to be out of the pocket more often than in the pocket. That's like the primary concern I came away from camp with is that yeah. the, the Flores blitzes had confounded the offensive line at all three levels. And maybe the blitzes are just that good, but I have a lot of concerns about them being able to set and adjust protections and communicate properly and not get unblocked dudes. Can I just circle back to Addison quick? I wanted to throw this by you too, Bron. Um, have you watched his feet? Like, yes, he's got some of the fleetest feet, whether it's like individual, like warmups, you mm -hmm. know, one-on-ones running routes against air. The guy is Got he's got sweet feet. Like it's it's actually impressive to watch, and he stands out so much from other receivers that are on the roster that are just camp bodies. It's kind of impressive to watch what he can do versus what they can do. Who's yeah, got the funniest like contrast? Like who's like uh okay, that's definitely not Addison out there. Okay, who is it? When you watch, you know, all eleven right. straight right in yeah. a row, and Addison really stands out. Who's the guy that's like, oh my god? God. Well, yeah, sometimes they would go Addison in like a random time. order. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like it was in the Zimmer years. It would be like Jefferson and then KJ. And then and it's just right. kind of however they lined up. So sometimes you will get Addison and then like Garrett Mogg. And it's just like, that's <laughs> not. Mogg, that's what I'm looking mind. for. Yes. Two, two, sto two stories about that. Uh, one uh, from Jaguars camp this year. Um, there's just like, just like the first day of camp. They've got Zay Jones doing a rep and then Calvin Ridley doing a rep right after oh, that. I yeah. Saw that, yeah. 
and it is nuts how different Ridley Jones had a, like a good year, right? Yeah, and yeah, Ridley yeah. is just a different. He's on turbo. He's, yeah. he's holding <laughs> yeah. down the turbo button. <laughs> and and Nate Tice did an edit of it that he tweeted out where it just zooms in on Doug Peterson's face mm-hmm. and does. <laughs> <laughs> Was Doug Peterson fanboying like uh, Robert Sala in Hard Knocks? Yeah, but it was genuine. Yeah. It was real. <laughs> it was yeah. authentic. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the that's the first story. The second story I already forgot. No, actually, no, I remember it now. Uh, one of the first camps I covered, do you remember, Sam, Lamarck Brown? He never made a roster, so that it, is it makes sense. quite a pull. What, do yeah. you know what year? Uh, it's got to be like 2012, maybe. Uh, I, yeah. say, I showed up in 2014. I do not remember that name at all. So uh, this is the first year I was doing like training camp practice reports. And I wrote that like, you know, this guy is like running through molasses. Like it is just like you, oh my God. you see, you see like, um, God, who are the receivers in 2012? Like, was it Greg Jennings? I think um, Michael Jenkins wouldn't have been Jennings Jenkins. Yeah. Um, was was it twenty thirteen? Evan Roche, yeah, just Google it. And this guy has been on five, twelve different teams, including the and, something called and, the Utah Blaze. And half of those teams, he was a tight end. Um, and only so, a few of them are NFL. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So twenty thirteen. So that would have been Greg Jennings then, right? Um, yes. So so like, there's a first of all, there's a size difference, right? But. Greg Jennings was still like a very good route. And I still like stand by that, that photo essay I did. Greg Jennings is always open. Uh, Greg Jennings was having like a, a fantastic like camp. And so he would just get open like super quick, right? Just immediately. And, but he was spending all this time like praising Daryl Patterson for some reason. Very funny. But um, Lamarck Brand would take like a rep after him. And it was just like, you like, look at your watch. He's like, what is going on? But the thing is, um, I wrote this up and like after like the fourth training camp practice report that I wrote up and published um, the way that like in Mankato, the press had been set up, like mm-hmm. you walk by the players all the time, yeah. like especially when they like bike in and, and set their bikes up. Um, and like, and the guy looks at me, Lamarck Brown looks at me and he goes, man, I'm not slow. And he just walks away and, I, and he wasn't wearing like a Jersey or anything. I was just like, that has oh, to be like I didn't know no who that was. Way. I was like, that has to be Lamarck Brown. There's no way. <laughs> that is great. Wow. That's gold, man. Wow. That's, that's incredible. That, that's better than your Chad Greenway Chad running. Chad Greenway. Yeah. <laughs> no jersey, no nothing. Street clothes? Yeah, well, because he hadn't gone into the locker room yet. So he bikes from the dorm to the mm-hmm. area where the practice facility was set up. It locks because none of the players have the jersey on then locks up the the bike and then like walks in to get it to go to the locker room to get changed so yeah nothing he was just a big dude and i was like that's probably lamarck brown and you're like so one person did read my article whoa, whoa. yeah right i was like what, yeah what he, I, he, he had I, to I, google I, himself and find only that your had article. to be it that <laughs> yeah. had to one be it because who's writing and no offense i hope he's not watching this uh if if he is you're a better football player than I am, but uh, <laughs> he played for eight years in various semi-pro leagues. That's that's Always incredible. Go that's, get him attitude. I love really that. Good. I actually yeah. genuinely respect that. Um, but yeah, like like there's just not a lot of camp clippings about guys that are like 
you know, not even third string, like fourth string, right. switch position several times, back and forth, actually. And and there wasn't like a novelty like there was with like Moritz, right? Uh, and so there just wasn't. And so I imagine like maybe he got a Google News alert. You know, I those are pretty easy to set up. Uh, and, and, and can you imagine like, there's just, you finally make it onto an NFL 90 man roster. Right. And it's like your big break and, and, <laughs> and you Google your name first day, nothing second day, nothing third day. You finally see someone mention you this dude's slow, <laughs> but apparently he ain't suck. slow I, though. According <laughs> to him. I, I have a, uh, he's faster a than me. I have a fantastic follow-up actually on the Chad Greenway thing. So if you remember, uh, Arif got <laughs> Arif got accosted by Chad Greenway uh, for insinuating that Chad Greenway was bad, and Pro Football Focus agreed with that, right? And this was what mm-hmm. 2014, 15, 16 in that in it, that range. Definitely not sixteen, but yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 that range. so still I got an advanced copy of Matthew Collar's book, um, "Football Is a Numbers Game." It's about the rise of PFF, and uh, pre-order it go get it. I think it's on shelves in October. So I'm reading through it last. This is last night. I'm reading this chapter about how it kind of came to prominence. And a big piece of that was Neil Hornsby, the founder going on a training camp tour with Peter King to all the various franchises and meeting with the coaches, meeting with the GMs, meeting with the players. And the anecdote from his Vikings trip was that Chad Greenway was excited to learn that PFF's grading system found him to be underrated. Yo, they, we, we, this was what 2008 this was 2012 2012 yeah because he yeah. uh he's drafted 2007 missed that play 2008 um yeah so that was actually the year of so 2011 was the year he had i think the highest coverage grade in their system of any linebacker wow like he legitimately deserved to make the pro bowl that year and then didn't and then in 2012 did make the pro bowl and and probably didn't deserve it yeah a year behind yeah, which is how then the Pro Bowl worked. It's just like, it's always like a year or two behind. I thought of you right away, though, when I read that. I thought, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> I pulled That's up so a random funny. 2013 preseason game. Here's some guys who got targets, some random names here. Lamarck Brown, one target, one catch, 11 yards. Adam Thielen, one catch, only 10 yards there. Okay. Oh, Lamarck Brown. I remember. I remember. This is more 2014 than 2013, but I remember the debates between Adam Thielen and Rodney Smith. I was going to say Rodney Smith. Oh, next guy. One catch, yeah. 35 yards versus the Bills. Zach Line, Stephen Burton. Zach Line. Colin Anderson. Don't remember that Stephen name. Burton. Stephen Burton, like his final year with the Vikings, he had a great camp, a phenomenal camp. I still use him as an example of how camp is fake because he just didn't make the team. <laughs> yeah, that's fake. Chris Summers, two catches, 23 yards. Don't remember Dang, that name. Yeah. yeah. Jarius Wright, Patterson, Rudy, Joe Webb catching passes. Matt Asiato, Red Ellison. Red Joe Ellison. playing every good. position Red except Ellison. offensive line. Yeah. Colin Anderson, though, don't recognize that name whatsoever. Colin Anderson. Tight end? Mm, nope. Uh, nobody knows, dude. Nobody knows. Oh, he was a tight end. <laughs> yep. Hey, Furman. Look at that. From Furman. Furman. Would that guy. make him the second Furman player on that roster? After like Dakota Dozier? Oh, I think we have someone from Furman right now. Any other specific predictions for tonight? Maybe on, on the defensive side of the ball. We had an Ivan Pace. Yeah, Ivan who's going to have two good. sacks, apparently. I like that one. Uh, let's see. Andre Carter, is he going to play, do you think? That is a great question. I would say... I, yes. 
I would lean yes, yes right? I would guess yes. Uh, maybe not. I'll a, say you know. I'll say Andre Carter's sack, but no one is excited. It'll be like a DJ Wanham sack. We're not going to be like that geeked <laughs> up for it, but it's going to yeah. be a talker. For it'll sure. be fourth quarter. He's like at the bottom. So it'll, yeah. it'll yeah. even if it's good, we can be like, yeah, it's against, you know, yeah. nobody. Yeah, I, I could <laughs> see Luigi Valene. I mean, he did. He did some yep. things last preseason, either Carter or Luigi Valene. I could see getting a sack for sure. Yeah, but this Louis, Louis seen uh pass deflection and three tackles, none for loss. He's a safety. That's, you know, don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the plays will make us go, oh, I think he has it. Yeah, I, I think I think you see him steamroll downhill with some speed and juice and just light somebody yeah, and then, under a guard, you know? Somebody. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, One and big then Luke hit. is going to like somehow acquire the preseason film and go. <laughs> That's exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about Pat Jones? We'll have nah, just, one pass breakup, one forced fumble, Ooh, and a half a starting second. starting edge Pat Jones probably starting edge. Yeah, yeah. he'll play. Um, he'll play a, uh, like at least a quarter. And he'll at the have pass breakup, I one hundred percent buy. I, I definitely buy that. I think Tonga break. is gonna spike one in. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, who's starting by the way for uh, Seattle? Qu- I have QB? no idea who they're actually gonna at, play. Oh, it's probably Drew Locke. Oh, Drew Locke. Oh, yeah, yes. they still have um, him. Tonga is cool. going to spike one in Drew Locke's face. I could Great. see uh, Calvin Avery not making one splash play or even statistic, but just soaking up two blockers every so play to make big. to open up yeah. some so some lanes big. for Ivan Pace. Who, and who will we be walking so away from talking about? Who will who clearly will not make the team, but who will we be like psyched about? Luigi Valane. He might make see it. He's he he bubble. might. He's, about, he's pushing it. How about bronze uh, Theo Jackson stays hot? Or not Theo, yeah. sorry, Tay Gowan. Tay Gowan. It's Tay Gowan. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. there it is. That's a good one. Yeah. Actually, well, I, Theo I just Jackson's feel like not we, a bad answer to that. Because he's we, we made saw some plays lot. and been with the twos a bunch and like big nickel and all that. And yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like the backup Josh Metellus role. That's what Sam was kind of yeah. describing to me. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm very curious think, about that. You'd think that'd be Jay Ward, who is now practicing with the quarterbacks. As soon as I talk yeah. about which room they meet in. <laughs> that was so <laughs> funny. I literally sat down and the safeties and cornerback split. And I was like, oh, Jay Ward, please be with the corner so I can tweet this. <laughs> That's so perfect. Um, Jay, Jay Ward but, is having a Jack Tocho like um, preseason where like we just don't know what he's playing. Around, yeah. Around, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this. Uh, you know who's a good candidate for like splash plays? Definitely not making the roster. Thayer Thomas, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's been, he's been having an offseason. He he's might have. After, Plus, like, he's going to get punt returns, too. So you're going to add that yeah. to the equation as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. After like Jefferson and Addison, he might have some of the like spiciest routes and like the individual drills. He's just slow. You think Don't Blake Prohl is a guy, Bron? I've I've come away liking Blake Prohl more and more. What I think seen? he could be. A wide receiver six somewhere, but I don't think he's wide receiver six here. But I like a practice squad kind of vibe. Whose stock yeah. is higher, Blake Prohl or Thayer Thomas? Prohl. Seemed like the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think it's like Thayer Thomas, you can tell, is like, okay, this is this is as good as he can ever get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Prohl has just a little more something to him, I think. Um, I don't know what it is, but the recognizable name. Yes, he's very consistent. Oh, bias. 
um, famous father. All right, we're going to give you tips on how to stay awake in the second half tonight. Maybe it's something that you can watch for that'll keep you engaged, or maybe it's just literally on how to stay awake. Arif Hassan has impeccable sleep habits. He'll tell you that after uh, we remind you that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I'm wearing the hat. How did I get such a cool-looking hat, you might wonder? Well, I did. I that. ordered Bird Dogs at birddogs.com slash locked on. Um, enter the promo code locked on as well. Get the free white tech hat bird dog. And there's so much more than the hat because bird dogs, pants or shorts, they hug your legs in a comfortable way. They sculpt your thighs. They come with that lining that just keeps you cool and dry with the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Uh, in the mornings, you know, I put on the, the slim fit pants. They hug my ankles. They keep me warm. It's like 60 degrees in the morning, afternoon, after I'm done working go golfing, put on the bird dog shorts, and I look so good, so athletic with that sculpted look. Uh, They're better than Lululemon. I'm a convert. I've had them both. I have now got two boxes of bird dogs in my uh, shorts and pants drawer because they're so darn good. So check it out, birddogs.com slash locked on or the promo code locked on. Last time I got my tumbler for free. This time I got the white hat. Check it out birddogs.com all right game starts at nine tonight my bedtime's 10 30 i gotta stay awake somehow luke braun and i have to do a postcast after midnight central time so how are we central time zones gonna stay awake well what's gonna keep us engaged in the second half i think that jaron hall's presence is probably the most interesting second half quarterback situation we've seen in a while that should be enough to keep fans engaged Braun, what do you think? And I think some of the guys he's going to throw to can be interesting enough. Um, obviously, we have this sort of battle for who is the wide receiver. I think Naylor has emerged as the wide receiver for, although with all the time he's spent injured, maybe that's vulnerable too. But then, you know, Powell, Rager, all these other guys. And hey, what about Nikhil Harry? What can he do? We've only seen two practices of his. So yeah, what what can what, what are we going to see from him? He'll probably be running with the threes in that third, fourth quarter of the game. I think that's a very intriguing name. Yeah, it's all, catches. All the rookies, yeah, though. I mean, all them. the rookies in that second half, for sure. Like, like those are the guys you could end up watching as a fan on the Vikings for the next five, six, seven years. You never know who's going to pan out. So Dwayne McBride, Jaron Hall, you already mentioned that. Those are mm-hmm. the eight topics. Andre Carter, uh, Calvin Avery. I'm, I'm low-key kind of interested in this guy. 6'1", 360. That's He's insane. So that just doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, also, too, we too just much. brought it up, though. I'm very interested to know who the backups to Josh Metellus are in this little joker role that he's kind of mm-hmm. carved out because that's a it's a very unique role that Flores has built for him. So if you were to ever go down or miss some time, I'm just curious which backups are next in line to take over. It sounds like right now, again, it's... Uh, Theo Jackson is right now. It is now. Theo Jackson. Okay. And, and I, I don't know who would be after Theo Jackson because it is, is a Jay sub Ward. role. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess Jay Ward, but he's yeah. usually elsewhere on the same defensive package. For sure. And, and, then and you, you could, could be on theory, like rotate too, Cameron by them down and then just put like Lewis seen up top as well. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. right. Which they definitely do. Mm-hmm. Or I think Jay yeah. Ward is like the backup to Makai Blackman where he's the regular nickel and then he'll come out and Theo Jackson is the big nickel. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many second year guys from last year's draft that have a lot to play for in this preseason. I would say seen booth Ingram has a spot, but I still think he has to play well this year. Like he needs the reps. 
Um, Asamoa, I'm not quite as sure. Although, Braun, he didn't participate in team drills at all on Tuesday. That was a little wacky. Otomewo, Chandler, Vidarian Lowe, Jalen Naylor when he gets back on the field, Nick Muse. Like seven or eight out of those 10 draft picks have a lot on the line, I would argue, this preseason. And then all the rookies from this year, all six of them, I think. Um, Addison is kind of entrenched, but Blackman playing for for time. Ward playing for his life. Roy playing for for time. Jaron Hall trying to, you know, put himself put his name in the mix uh, for next year. And Dwayne McBride. There's just a there's a lot of first and second year guys that I think have stories that are very much unfinished who could change the narrative this preseason. Yeah, I, I think so. I think like there are just like a lot of exciting or like intriguing names that you could pick up on like i think otomewo for example i think like there's just not a lot of people have paid a lot of attention to him i mean his background was that at the university of minnesota he was an edge rusher and the vikings have kicked him inside his testing so he didn't get to test at the combine or at his pro day he ended up having to test a little bit later so his testing didn't hit like a lot of databases or people weren't you know given an opportunity like oh wow but it actually genuinely especially in terms of explosives was extremely good for the position that he plays and so you could you know make the case that you know hey he's still learning that interior position and he's got all world athletic potential more athletic honestly than most of the players competing for that like interior defensive end role right like you know like dean lowry and i guess well i guess james mm-hmm. lynch isn't anymore but like um, you know, Jonathan Bullard is probably the closest in terms of testing, but just like all of those players just don't really have the same kind of explosiveness that at least Odomewo showed uh, in in his like private pro day. So, I mean, you could make an argument there. You could talk about all of these undrafted that people are really excited about Andre Carter, Ivan Pace, Thayer Thomas, right? Um, I, I think that there's a lot of intrigue that you could kind of um, – dig into and, and learn a lot more about the player. I mean, like, I think what Dwayne McBride, like led the FBS in yards last year, right? Like yeah. it, it's, it's an interesting seventh round pick where it's just like, this guy just wouldn't go down. He had yeah. incredible contact balance. He's super fun to watch plays mean. Um, and, uh, and he's like a seventh round pick. And so there's just like, there's always stuff that like you can learn a lot about. And the fact that there's just like a rookie quarterback, that's going to be playing in, into the second half. I mean, that's always going to yeah, give that's you some level of intrigue. Yeah, Odomewo uh, standing up on the outside a whole bunch, by the way, kind of playing the same right. inside that. outside rotation yeah. as like Marcus I like that. has been. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, that's um, interesting. When, when I constructed a 53 man, I, I, I kept it at four edge rushers with the argument that Odomewo could could flip outside as shadow depth, basically. Mm, so yeah. And, I'm really glad that that actually turned out to be so the you case. It. Seems exactly yeah. how it's bearing so out. Yeah. It. With, um, with Davenport also doing that and Otomewo kind of being the backup of that. Awesome. The, you're Michael Bennett, but in a 3-4. There you go. And then, cool. I was just going to say, speaking of second-year guys, kind of got a, a lot of low-key pressure on them tonight. Nick Muse. I just think that oh, yeah. they yeah. only keep three, right? Yeah. Like they did last year. This isn't the Zimmer era anymore where they always kept four tight ends. They only keep three. I got to think Johnny Munn's got is, the edge right now over Nick. It is a two tight, tight end offense right now. It is a two tight end offense. So you could see. I could, why they would but keep you're already keeping an extra quarterback. So and I think both guys need offense. to play well for that to happen. No. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Do you think like he you gets to prove hey, he's going to do like the, the Carmel dance? I right? need it. So, oh my God, I would melt that. Yeah. I mean, totally on brand. I would melt. I would spontaneously combust if that happened. 
like I know it's 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 actually been confirmed that that lady whose TikTok went viral went on a date with Nick Muse. Well, yeah, he I know that that's it, yeah. genuinely been confirmed, but that would I think like confirm it in like this concrete existential like oh of course it would just okay. enhance yeah, he, the legend. Even yeah, yeah he so, admitted yeah. it already. On no, I know. Like media. I said, like I yeah. said, I know it's been confirmed. I'm just saying a demonstration of the kind of person that he is. Yeah, which I do think he understands how funny it is and appreciates that. Yeah, I, I need so, it now. I need it. I gotta yeah, have it. To do it. Live on the postcast, Sam Ekstrom in a melting Luke Braun. Luke <laughs> <laughs> Braun with third degree burns. Third degree God, burns. I'd be so happy. Right? Flames. Oh my god, flames. Best preseason <laughs> game ever. Oh, How about uh, kicker battle? Be able to talk about. Yeah, kicker battle. Come Stay on, awake this is, for the kicker battle. This is about to get real now. This is where things get interesting with that kicker battle. We don't, we don't get, now, do we know? Turn up when the lights get bright here, and <laughs> these kicks actually matter. Hey, guys. night game, baby. Hot uh, pod is going to have flames. Do we it's know how they're going to approach this? Because in the past, kicker battles like, have been like Greg Joseph gets the whole first game, and then the other guy gets the whole second game. I was going to say, gonna, like, Matt Daniels or... up at the presser, it sounded like was leaning into Greg Joseph quite a bit for this game. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see how it happens. I mean, we'll yeah, see how it all if... shakes out and evens out. You know they want to get at least close to a 50-50 split, but it sounds like expect Greg Joseph a lot tonight. Yeah, definitely in the first half. I, I don't know if he said a whole game, but it did sound like they're leaning Joseph early. He didn't early. specify. He just said, well, we'll yeah. lean into Greg Joseph to start and then see how it all plays mm-hmm. out. Yep, definitely um, have not gotten a read on who's really kicking that much better because they just haven't had a lot of live sessions, like three yeah. sessions. In yeah, two every time weeks. they like set up the kick, it's just like, all right, snap the ball and oh, no kick. Yeah, they're yeah. like practicing the fire drill, but not the actual kick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for one of the most important positions in football, they really don't stress them very much at all. In these, what do you, uh, what do you think I'm, the percentage I'm sure is right that now? There's like an analytical or psychological reason behind it. Like, I'm sure that there's like a Get reason. The mental yeah, rest. they might just not think that these practice sessions are... Like, remember Greg Joseph's camp last year? And then yes. he ended up having, like... Yes. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. Uh, what do you think? 90-10 right now, Greg Joseph? What do you guys got yeah, this gauge at? What's your fair. gauge at? I, I've only seen two live kicking sessions, but Podlesny won both of them. Great. So, but the one I so saw... Probably 90-10. <laughs> that probably gets him the 10. <laughs> gets him off the ground. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. But, hey, that's it's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. They had one, I think, before you got here, Bron, and and Joseph went six of six. Podlesny went three of three on that day. They yeah. only gave him three reps. Um, but yeah, you're right. There was one. Joseph, I think, missed two kicks in one of the sessions. He went three he, for six in one of them. Uh-oh. Three for six. Yeah, uh-oh. he had a total disaster. Two of them, or all three of them, were fifty plus. Two of them, two, for no. Sure. Two of the three misses were, or one was fifty, and then it was the night practice. He went from fifty and came up short, and then fifty five, and then came up short. And then lined up for fifty five again and made it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So two so of, one of them were yeah. fifty plus. So and one then he went wide from like forty, I think. About. It was a, it was a rough night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hesitate to bring this up, but we have Ron Johnson coming on the show in a few moments, and I want to give Braun a platform to defend himself. Ron got oh, worked God. up about your Nikhil Harry tweets, and I want to give you a chance to rebuttal. What? Tweet, I missed singular. It. Can I get tweet. the 10 second what, elevator what was, pitch? What, what was the gripe? Yeah, Luke doesn't I think, even know the tweet. I think the insinuation is that you were hating on Nikhil Harry. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, Luke's a oh. hater. You were snarking on Nikhil Harry. 
Yeah, looks a snarky hater. And did Ron Ron snap back? <laughs> was it was it the the because like the first day I saw like the day he and uh, Jacob Copeland showed up, Copeland just like in the drill looked better, and I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's I think that's was, I think yeah. that's what bothered. That's, that was that yeah. was it. I was like, one of the two looks better, and I'm not telling you which. And I thought that was fun. And Ron got a little riled up, or what happened, Sam? Yeah, well, I don't know. Ron Ron was a big wide receiver in his day, too, so he's got to stand up for the big guys. And and also... He did better the next day. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't the next day he, like, kind of killed it a little bit? Yeah, it was awesome. Kind of did, yeah. (laughs) Every day's a reset, baby. Yeah, just stack your days, man. He had the best play of the day in the glorified walkthrough. Diving catch on Andrew Booth Jr. Tragically did not count. But it counts. That's now. right. It was because of the sack. Because of because I think it was Tonga got a sack and they so they moved it. They didn't give him the yard. Oh, well but then it, then we all it, saw it, it. So super doesn't count if it's a Tonga sack. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Tonga with the twos? I think beat like Schlotman, beat the crap out of Schlotman and swam right past him and got a sack. Otherwise, it was a great rep because it was a great throw by Mullins, good coverage by Booth, and a great catch yeah, by Harry. Booth was in, in good, I know Booth was all spot. and he. I, Harry I, I, smoked Booth another couple of times in that. It was all shells and kind of half speed because they were being safe the for, the last practice before the preseason game. But yeah, yeah, I love the good pick day on for Booth, Harry uh, just as much as the next guy. But that one clip there on the sideline, you're right, Booth had. I mean, not much you can do. Pretty much as good as you can get as far as coverage goes. Yeah. Uh, we do have Ron coming up in a few moments. There might, yeah, there punches might be thrown over over Streamyard here. But uh, oh, while we wait like... for Ron, Braun or sorry, Inman and I just put together our top five preseason legends in Vikings history, and I want to run some of the names by Arif and Luke Braun. Um, we obviously went with Sloter on the list. Sloter was have to. Mm-hmm. He was have my. To. He, he was more. both our ones. Yeah, yeah. Sure. number one. Just a real quick recap on his 2019, 8.7 yards per attempt, 4-1 to one touchdowns interception. If I remember correctly, the interception wasn't even his fault. Uh, passer rating of 120 and 0.52 expected points per play. Woo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. 75% yeah. completion percentage, like career. 12-1 to one for the touchdown interception yeah. ratio. Over the course of all of his preseason, yeah, yeah, twelve to one, and like you mentioned, that one. Don't remember if I I remember correctly. I I don't think it was his fault. So it was at the Bills. Perfect passer rating versus the Cardinals, one fifty eight point three. Two games prior versus the Saints, one forty eight passer rating. Game in between there, one twenty nine versus the Seahawks. Like, what do we? What's going on right now? And and then the Vikings cut him, and you know, then he went on to win a Super Bowl. So yeah, you know, wait, that didn't happen. Oh. Well, oh wait, Oops. what's that? <laughs> well, at least he won the XFL. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, he won. He, he did. did get a ring. He did. He started as a with backup. the Renegades as a backup. Yeah. Well, but he finished the season as a backup. You get your hardware all the same. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like I still wonder whether or not Christian Ponder got his ring with the Broncos. <laughs> oh my God! Is he on that roster <laughs> for like a week? <laughs> wow. Did he get a rep? Is it an immaculate grid answer? I, I think I he might have been a practice squad guy. I don't know. Uh, John Elway just yeah. texts some pictures I'm, of the Super Bowl ring. I'm somewhat confident he did not get an active game, so it's not a PFR immaculate grid answer. So, oh, but it might count for one of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. When in doubt, just go with Josh McCown. 
That's yeah. That's what and, and another another Minnesota legendary quarterback got a ring. With, did, I know he got a ring with the Broncos. Adam Weber, the guy thrown to Eric wow. Decker. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Dude. Wow. All right, so we, we, only, we only went through one of your preseasons uh, top five. So we got very distracted. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, this, is, this is the best thing to talk about. I love this. Yeah. is my favorite topic. Well, the most enjoyable part of compiling my list was going back and watching some Randy Moss preseason highlights. Ooh. Can you imagine in, the in number 18? A, a player yeah. <laughs> in 18, it didn't even say Moss, it said R Moss. To differentiate oh, yeah. him from other mosses. Yeah. But you have to just owning <laughs> like in the fourth year of his career. So imagine Justin Jefferson playing deep into a preseason game this year. Dude. Randy Moss in the Dude, third you, you quarter of game ready. You gotta get people. a game ready. You gotta get the legs fresh. You gotta yeah. get the legs ready. Get some Dante to, Dante getting on a roll in two thousand one. It's so much fun can, to watch. Can you imagine being like a third string linebacker and Dante Culpepper is just running right at you <laughs> and he weighs more than you? You can literally <laughs> hear a literal truck sound just ready to plow you over. Yeah, that's insane. Um, Sam also flung out AP's first game versus the Jets in that first run where you got, you know, it's like a 50 yard gash. One of his first touches, though, like all the hype after the draft and then going into mm-hmm. the summer and training camp. And it's like, all right, this guy's legit. You saw the speed to the corner, but also just the physicality when he could have walked yeah. out of bounds easily. Put that spin move on him, but decides to lower the shoulder and just. Yeah, it's not who he is. Yeah, it's not who he is. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was mostly thinking about preseasons that I've been able to cover like live since I actually covered, started covering the Vikings. And the problem is if you're looking for guys that like didn't make the roster that had like great preseasons that didn't make the roster, Mm -hmm. the Zimmer era is tough because he gave a lot of snaps to people who ended up making the roster. So they end up having the best statistics. So you're like, so like, for example, Stefan Diggs in 2015, right? Like he had 174 yards in the, in the preseason that year. Like, why is he playing? Obviously he wasn't a starter yet. He was a fifth round rookie, but like 174 yards, touchdown, 15 receptions, no drops, just like killing it. Technically 2016, Teddy Bridgewater did not make the roster. So we could count him as an amazing preseason performance that did not make the roster, but he, um, he was, he had 140 plus passer rating chargers game. That Chargers so game was so Dude, good. Dude, the Chargers game, but I was sitting so right good. next to a reef at TCF versus the Cardinals, and Teddy makes the comeback. The game-winning drive! Ronnie oh, Smith. So so Rodney Smith. Two-yard yeah. pass. Yeah. yeah Kick failed, Smith. by the way. I don't remember who the kicker was. Probably Blair, I guess? Probably Blair. Kick failed, by the way. Oh, man. Yeah, it was Blair. How but like, to go up two with... I, I, I remember that. Left. I remember that because it's still my greatest preseason W ever. Because I was like, Adam Thielen's making the roster over Rodney Smith. And a bunch of people were like arguing with me about it. I've recounted that on this show several times um, because I'm very proud of it. <laughs> um, and then Rodney Smith gets the game winning touchdown. And a bunch of people are like, Arif, looks like you're wrong. Adam Thielen's not making the roster. It's Rodney Smith. And yeah. you guys were right. A- Adam Thielen went uh, to dental hygiene sales after that. Yeah. <laughs> What a game, though. Do you remember that? That was incredible. Oh, and that was in an awesome in, press game. box. That was and so like, fun. And, and the fans were just there for Teddy, right? And so when he had the opportunity to lead a game-winning touchdown drive, like Matt Castle's out of there. They yeah. were just like, 
geeked, right? So that was that was awesome. Fourth quarter, let's see. Fourth quarter, Alan Reisner three yard pass from Teddy. Jarius Wright for the two point conversion. From what a Teddy. connection! What yeah, a that connection. Put up three, and then Zach Bauman, oh six yard fumble oh, wow. return. So somebody fumbled with just a minute and a half left. Oh, I don't know who that was. Do you remember uh, Adi Cole's 2012 two pick sixes against the Bills? I, I got to think that's on Sam's list. It's on Is Sam's. It? That was high oh, yeah. on my list. That was I so wanted, good. I wanted to ask Reese. So, so you covered that training camp, right? 2012. So did Adi Cole deserve to make the roster or did the two pick sixes just tilt the scales so far that they had to keep him? So, okay, so I'll say this. His 2013 preseason and camp performance was so much better than his 2012 hmm. that it, it just like kind of justifies it. But the 2012 was like not that great until like the very end of camp because it, I don't know what it was. If I were to like kind of guess, I think it's like a confidence thing, like the confidence in his instincts, the confidence in his calls, whatever it was. I remember talking to... um God, somebody about it. I think it was one of the other linebackers. I was like, hey, Adi Cole is like doing stuff now. What's up with that? And and the guy's like, yeah, he's communicating now. He wasn't, he was just, he was just quiet before. So there was something there. But again, in linebackers in camp, it's just so difficult to evaluate them. I remember his one-on-ones in like uh and, and these always favor the running backs and tight ends, but I remember his one-on-ones in the receiving drills were just god awful. And so for him to come up with like the two best coverage plays of any Vikings defensive player in that preseason, I think was just amazing just like to top it off. But his 2013 was great. Like in terms of preseason and, and camp and all that, but his 2012 was just like, eh. and he was like bottom. It was like, it was like him. And then like Larry Dean, who were the bottom two Larry linebackers. Dean. Yeah. yeah. And Larry Dean was, was added to the team solely for special teams. Like every year. Absolutely. We'll grab an undersized four, four linebacker, like a Brandon Watts or a Larry Dean type. Yeah. Who right? was the guy who ended up going to the Texans? I want to say Peters, Brian Peters. Oh yeah. He had a pretty He's good a, camp hmm. flash a little bit at one uh, point. Did he go to like New Mexico or New Mexico state? And he played like a, a hybrid safety position too. And so he was like two fifteen running at that speed. And we were all like, yeah, he's not a real linebacker. Right. He's not an actual linebacker. Yeah, uh, all right for the Texans. Where are the other random linebackers? Gerald Hodges, obviously, what, fourth-round pick? Michael Maudy, remember? Yeah, two yeah. Penn State boys. Oh, they drafted both the Penn State boys. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, well, why'd Hodges well, go higher that, than Maudy? Maudy's like that the year they, That year they only drafted teammates, right? It was like Christian Ponder and like Everett Dawkins, which they're not even on the same side of the ball, but they were like teammates, right? And then they drafted both receivers from Arkansas, right? Jerry Strite and Greg Childs. Um, That's but then right. they drafted both Penn State linebackers. It was like everyone was a teammate. Harrison Smith and Robert Blanton. Yeah. And, and so we we asked in the press, we're like, was that on purpose? And like, and like Spielman looked at us and he's like, what do you think? Uh, and then we asked Leslie Fraser, was that on purpose? And Fraser was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, we did it yeah. because we thought it would help them adjust to the NFL, which Jeff Locke and Blackman Jeff and Addison. Baca. Hey, UCLA. There you mm-hmm. go. Jeff Baca. Yeah, and Jeff Locke, oh, UCLA, back-to-back picks, Oof. fifth and sixth round. Yeah, Everett Dawkins and Xavier Rhodes in 2013. That was it. That was, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's fun. What a time. What a time to be alive. So, think, Sam, who else was on your list? Yeah. Let's, what, yeah, I mean, we're still waiting for Ron, right? So just let's keep going. Let's yeah, Ron's that on, guy. Ron's on the way. Uh, Luke and I pulled some – Plucky running backs from like the mid 20 teens. Uh, I think he had Rock Thomas. I had Mike Boone. 
McKinnon Any Joe was a lot of fun. Do you get a banyard performance in there? Honorable mention. Ooh, man. Nah, you didn't think about Joe Banyard. He, was he in a camp? I thought he was like a mid-season guy. Mm, he was definitely in a camp. I remember interviewing him for because oh. he's from Sweetwater, Texas. Uh, and they have a rattlesnake festival thing. The Simpsons parodied it, but like that's literally what they do is they catch rattlesnakes and kill them. Um, it's like a whole festival. And uh, he does it with his bare hands. I guess that's like a thing. And I was like, you have like a pretty valuable like career, like ahead of you. Do you really want to risk it catching rattlesnakes? He's like, I've been doing it all my life. I even invited Adrian. I was like, there's no way the Vikings let Adrian catch <laughs> rattlesnakes. And, it, and, and he was like, I don't know. Adrian just said no. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's the <laughs> smartest thing I've ever heard Adrian Peterson say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, absolutely. Like this is a moment this is of the, restraint. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that Jordan Addison down 169, right? This guy is like all <laughs> about living on the edge, right? And he's just like, rattlesnakes, bare hands. No, I'm going to play magic with Chris Cluey instead. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think that also oh actually happened. Oh my gosh, great yeah. pull. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay, what, what about, okay, actually, this was just last year. T.Y. McGill, three and a half yeah. sacks. He was number yeah. two Nine on my pressures? list. He was number two on my list. Slaughter one, T.Y. McGill two. Yeah, led the entire NFC in sacks, three and a half sacks in two games. I think he led the team in tackles for loss. Unbelievable. It was such a great – and then the Vikings cut him, and then I think he ended up on the 49ers. They did all right last year. They they tried to, like, do shenanigans with IR to sneak him through waivers, and it didn't work. Yeah, not a, well, he was on the Niners, and I looked it up just on pro reference, and he had multiple quarterback hits and at least one tackle for loss in that rotation as well. So, I mean, yeah, awesome. you think about the D-line rotation doing? now behind Tonga. Doing? Yeah, behind Tonga, Harrison Phillips, Dean Lock. It's like, huh? How about one of, one of the great upsets? And he made the team, so I don't mm-hmm. know if he qualifies, but how about the 2016 Nick Easton preseason or preseason Ooh. that? Got oh, Alex Boone. Yeah, that is an upset. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was I mean, 2017. I it was. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really recall Nick Easton's performance being all that amazing, but it was like, it was like he was as good as Alex Boone. And yes. then they went, well, you're cheaper. Yeah. I think they, I think they took on some dead cap to get rid of Alex Boone too. Yeah. It was because like, oh, they had they signed him just one year before to like, yeah. Like yep. Real contract. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, here's my five through one. Mike Boone, Rock Thomas. I had Jarek McKinnon just because he was always stuck behind AP, so AP never played. So Jarek got all McKinnon, these yeah. touches and catches. Mm-hmm. And when you just look at the body of work, like four straight years in the preseason, he was always the number one running back and then ended up getting two, three catches every game. So just the body of work, he was number three on my list. Then T.Y. McGill and then uh, Kyle Slaughter, number one. Sam went a little bit different route. I, I would rank I, actually Mike Boone third on that list. That that's fair. That's, that's totally Mike fair. Mike Boone had a great body of work too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Mike Boone was super. 2018 and 2019, he probably would have done it again in 2020 had there been no COVID. But even, and, yeah, Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, then they drafted Alexander Madison. Still, though, Mike Boone, every preseason. Yeah, it was, always, it was so great. And, and sorry, Sam, just real quick, yeah. I just want to add this. If you include special teams performances and you want to include these running backs, Jordan Todman. Mm. There's so many running backs. And how about <clears throat> adjacent to running back, Kari Blassen game? Yes. Like, oh, made, on my made, a career, made a career yeah. yep. based on that preseason. Yep. He's still in yeah. the league. Yep. Yeah. Here, here's right. a couple other honorable mentions to Sean Bauer, Afedi, oh, BC Bauer. Johnson. Oh, Afedi actually BB. had yeah, some really Brandon good ones. Brandon Zilstra showed up quite a bit. By the way, Zilstra was a, was a receiving leader one of the years for the Vikings. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. By the way, sneaky difficult to find preseason stats and box scores and stuff, by the way. Oh, it's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Anton Exum. Yeah. A few yeah. games. He flashed oh, a little bit. Man. Terrell okay. Presley had a kick return and I think a touchdown reception from Joel Stave. <laughs> Joel, Joel Stave. 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 Anybody managing a reception from Joel Stave yeah. deserves some credit. You know? <laughs> oh, he had to go outside his catch radius for that one. Uh, Ron <laughs> He's Johnson. Like 5'8. He had to go way outside. <laughs> um, Ron Johnson joins us on Thursdays. We'll bring him into the show now to talk some preseason Vikings football. Ron, we're just we're having a nostalgia session. We're going we're back naming guys. Yeah. We're just talking about preseason performances of the past because uh, these games kind of happen and then a lot of people forget about them. So we're trying to remember. Uh, but what about your preseason past? You had uh I- I'm guessing some notable preseason memories in your career. Tell us about those. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I caught. I mean, I caught a touchdown. I think against the Lions or the Jets or something. I know I had a one-handed catch against the Jets. I don't remember. Remember, I don't really remember much to be honest. Um, yeah, I just it, the the preseason for me went by kind of quick. Uh, I was blessed enough to be a, a drafted guy, so uh, most of the preseason I was with the ones as the number three receiver, and then towards the end I just did special teams, and then they let the other guys do the offensive stuff. So myself, Ed Reed, Terry Jones, Chester Taylor. Um, uh, and I think Will Demps as well. We didn't do much towards the end, but early on, yeah, we played a ton. I just don't have a lot of memories about it. I just remember it being fast and like, you know, like, man, this is, it's the NFL. Like that was kind of the, uh, the thing I think I, I remember more so like the opening day games. Like we, I think we opened up against the Steelers one year. We opened up against the uh, Panthers one year. Uh, I remember the hall of fame game. I do remember doing that twice. One as once as a player, once as a coach. Uh, so I remember that more than actually like the preseason. Sure. Well, you're on TV tonight doing the pregame show before Vikings Seahawks. Uh, defensively speaking for the Vikings, do you think we will learn anything meaningful about Brian Flores's defense in the preseason? Or do you think he's going to save his good stuff for September 10th against Tampa? Uh, absolutely not. I don't think we're going to learn much. I mean, I think we're going to see maybe some guys flying around the field, maybe some defensive scheme stuff with that 3-4 front. Like, how are the outside linebackers going to be treated? How do they interact? Does... uh I don't know if we'll see much of um, Agent Zero, but if 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 we do, you know, where does he line up? But I don't think they're going to do much with him. Uh, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see just the uh, the corners, like that that two, three, four cornerback group. Uh, who's going to earn themselves a chance to be in the dime package, to be that fourth, that fifth defensive back? Uh, who you know, who kind of stands out that can really cover like Blackman? You know, how good is he really when he has to be out there on an island? Uh, that's the things with the defense uh, that I think we'll see. Hey, Ron, you're talking about your preseason memories. Is there one like rookie welcome to the NFL moment that you always remember, whether it's like, I don't know, a coach kind of ripping into you about the playbook or the verbiage or, or maybe like a big hit that kind of shook you up a little bit? You got like one moment that you always uh, think about when you think about your rookie year? Uh, uh, I'd say like going back to my rookie year, honestly, not it wasn't so much on the field. I mean, of course, the first game of the year against the Panthers, uh, I scored the first touchdown uh of the season and then i had it challenged so i had to deal with nfl the challenge right away like i didn't have right that in away. college uh, but my first touchdown went to the challenge review camera so it was super nerve-wracking um and then they came back and the you know refs said touchdown so because i had the ball 
But then they were all joking, like, hey, if it's not a touchdown, you, you just give that back to the ref because you can't keep that. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like once they said, yep, it's a touchdown, which I think it's behind me somewhere. Uh, but once they said it was a touchdown, uh, the equipment guy came over and grabbed it from me, put tape on it, put in the little deal. So that was kind of one. Uh, I'd say the other one, honestly, was just the, 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 uh, the, the wrestling and hazing of the veterans to the rookies. So like having to carry their pads. Uh, I remember my rookie year having to go buy lunch for all the receivers. Um, you know, I went, I think I went to, I forgot where what I went. Was, what was that tab? Uh, I went to red Robin for one. It wasn't like a big time. Like I didn't go to like, you know, famous or, uh, any, you know, red lobster or something. I just went to like, I think I went to like red Robin and bought, bought all the receivers, uh, food to the plane. It wasn't so much the money, because uh, I would do that now. If there was 10 receivers, I'd be like, yeah, I'll buy you guys lunch for the Vikings. Like, oh, I'd bring all those guys. Mm -hmm. But the, the 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 problem was like the actual like placing the order, having mm -hmm. to carry the bags in my car, plus my <laughs> luggage for the plane. Uh, so that was that was nerve wracking. Like I had to take two trips. Like I literally had to like get all the all the lunch onto the uh, onto my out of my car, put it onto the bus and then get my bag, put that under the bus. And we got to the Jeez. airport, had to make sure I passed out everybody's food. Like each guy specifically had a meal. So I had to make sure I didn't mess that up. I had the, you know, I had the restaurant oh, write their oh, names God. down on each box. I uh, read Robin. So they knew like Brandon Stokely had to have this. Todd Heap wanted this. Chris Redman, I had to take care of the quarterback, wanted this. Hey, uh, Ron, so, I said so no to, pickles. Exactly. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to make sure. Um, one of the tougher ones, too, was like the double up meals. The guys were like, man, we want Krispy Kreme and we want this. Like we want like a little breakfast snack. Plus we oh, want lunch. Brutal. So yeah, so Two I went trips? and got Krispy Kreme oh, and then I had to go to, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the place, but uh, oh, Popeye's. Popeye's oh. chicken. So yeah, I went and there grabbed you. chicken for the guys. Plus, and I had to get some Krispy Kreme. Oh, so yeah, so that was so worth it. I don't yeah, know. Making I, that me makes hungry sense right now. Right? Yeah, making me <laughs> hungry. Yeah, <laughs> that that was kind of a hey rookie year in the NFL type of moment too. Yeah, no, that's good. Hey, how about this? Just real quick, us four, we're doing a preseason fantasy Vikings competition. We oh, need Lord. to come up with a loser punishment. Just real quick, top screwed, of your head. So you got you got anything top of your head you can uh, think of that we could throw on the list, or it can be. Yeah, I'd say I'd say the, the loser gets. has to listen to Peter Bukowski talk about Jordan Love for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> and stream it and stream their reaction in live time. I love it. That's funny. Like that, just talk about all the, I mean, they, uh, the it's, I'm gonna lose. So that's, okay, great. I, I already have to do that <laughs> to go on the <laughs> NFC North crossover later this week and do that. Yeah, but like the loser also has to listen to the Locked On Packers specific, like also that in addition, just to hear or just Peter Bukowski word. talk about movie reviews, like just anything, <laughs> like a movie that Aaron Rodgers has been in or something. I don't know. I actually I do want to hear his hard take knocks. on on hard knocks. I want to see what what his take there. Oh, is. see there you go. You have to watch yeah. hard knocks with Peter Bukowski and listen to him talk about his hate for Aaron Rodgers for an it's, hour straight. <laughs> Look, it. sometimes you you find things you can agree with in even the strangest corners of the internet. Um. So 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 my question is, um. So there's about you know twenty twenty five but let's say twenty five players that are basically locks to make the roster. Not like actually locks. There's always like an Alex Boone type where you're like, oh my God. But like 25 basically locks. Mm -hmm. And there's about 20 or so players where unless something extraordinary happens, there's not like a level of performance they can hit in the preseason that would put them on the roster. We were just talking about some guys that had amazing preseason performances that didn't put them on the roster. Obviously, all kinds of things could play a role like locker room and stuff like that. Um, 
But then there's obviously this huge middle, and there's you know there's a bigger bubble for some guys than others. Ivan Pace isn't a lock, but I would say he's not as much on the bubble as say William Cuenco, right? Mm-hmm. And so my question for you is, what like two or three players based off of what you've seen at camp so far have the most to gain specifically from preseason performances? Oh, so I'd start off with Nikhil Harry. Um, there's question marks around him because he's, you know, everybody talks about his ability, his size, his strength. Uh, you look at when he's with the Patriots, everybody talks about, oh man, he looks so great in camp. You look at the Bears, oh, we got a big receiver, and it didn't work out at either stop. Um, so he's one that I want to see in the game. What is it about Nikhil Harry practice? Because he looks great, size, strength. But then what is it in the game that maybe turns coaches off or it doesn't work out for him long term? So I think Nikhil Harry is one. Um, another one, I, I honestly think another one, like just to prove he belongs and has to upseat a guy is going to be Brandon Powell. Uh, that's another guy that I think really can show like I deserve to be here. I think uh, McBride and Ty Chandler both, because if they want to get Kane Wong Wu out of there, those two have to show how great they can be. Because again, I think the kickoff return is getting watered down in the NFL with this ability to fair catch like college football. Um, so I'd say those two, if you switch over to the defensive side, um, it, it's going to be tough because you, you already kind of have your guys. I think Ivan Pace Jr., he's earned his way up into the top. But what does that look like in the NFL? Where, where, yeah, yeah. Like, where do you put him? Because right now, just quote unquote, they have Troy Reader in front of him, but you know, I think he's probably ahead of him. But I think you still have to earn your way for them to change this on the physical depth t- chart for everybody to see it. Um, and then Andrew Brew Jr. Not to say he has to play yeah. his way up. I think he has to play his way in to keep his spot. I um, think that's fair. 100%. When you look at Andrew Brew Jr., yeah. like the injury, like it, it's probably like ability. Yeah, he has it. Um, kind of like Mackenzie Alexander, but can he stay healthy? Uh, does it transfer into the game? Because you, you, I watched him in practice before he was like, like his, I don't know, his groin or what happened. But it always seems like he's like a step off or step slower uh, where you look at like Byron Murphy Jr. He's like the poster boy for I'm right here in Justin Jefferson's hip. I'm just not touching him because I don't want to get cut. Like Byron Murphy, if Justin Jefferson wasn't a million-dollar man or billion-dollar man, uh, he's going to break up a lot of those passes with physicality and just push through Justin and knock the ball down. You can tell he kind of like literally veteran – like veteran practice pulls yeah. up, backs up, let Justin makes the catch, and then runs. You know, keeps running by him. Like he's he's yeah. a very well coached veteran. Um, I would say with this core compared to like Xavier Rhodes, who you had to put boxing gloves on and stop him from holding yeah. guys in practice. Yeah. Even Stefan, I mean, he got into a fight with Stefan Diggs, so you know Xavier Rhodes didn't care. Um, whereas Byron Murphy, <laughs> just you beat up the best receiver on the team. Like what what are you thinking about? Uh, but, but even Byron Murphy, you could tell he practices well. But I think Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, does he deserve to be right behind a Caleb Evans or does uh, what's his name? The other corner that they drafted uh, Blackman, does he then put himself ahead of um, ahead of him? Like, does he truly say like, I'm better than Andrew Booth Jr. Cause Juwan Williams, of course, you want to make sure he's legit, but Andrew Booth technically right now is behind a Caleb Evans. Does Makai Blackman jump over there and say, hey, look, I'm better. Like, let, let's do this. And so I think I think Andrew Booth, I want to see, can he hold that spot? You know, some of the guys you talked about, like Brandon Powell and Ivan Pace, these guys that have had awesome camps, just yeah. great practices all, all, over and over. But there's something different about the preseason, and, and we're kind of waiting to see um, if they can kind of prove their mettle in that environment. But I want to know, like, from your experience – What's different between practice and something like a preseason game? Like, 
to describe the nature of that difference and why it might be harder to prove yourself in, in one environment than the other. Talk about practice. What are we're, talking we're, we're talking about practice. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. practice not a game. Right we're not, not a, a game. game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> no, um, practice. Here's the thing about practice. You, you do use it because we remember last year, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the receiver, number two right now, KJ Osborne. He mm -hmm. killed it all offseason, OTAs, minicamp, seven on seven, whenever the uh, the media was there, because Courtney Cronin was all over the whole like uh KJ Osborne's good, really good. He's having a great camp. Everybody was all over KJ Osborne all offseason. And so he played himself into that wide receiver three, getting the trust. So there's a little bit to that practice. How do you move? How can you show me you can get it done? But then there's a second side of that when you get to the game. Does it transfer over for KJ? Yes. For some guys, the bullets are flying and it changes. Like, do you get gator arms? Do you all of a sudden, like if you're a DB and all of a sudden you just get caught in la-la land because you're staring at a running back on a play action and you forgot you got the receiver behind you. Um, there's a lot of little things within games that can help a coach out. Also, when it all goes to hell, when it breaks down, who's smart enough to understand what to do and where to go and who's going to stand there like a deer in the headlights and just like put his hands up like, dude, that's your guy. And so that's a little bit same with receivers. Like if there's a blitz, if there's this, like who's picking up the blitz protection, who knows, right. who knows they're the hot route in right. practice. It's easier because it's, it's quieter. Uh, it's more controlled. You know, it's blitz period. So you're kind of ready for every blitz that comes and everybody's on high alert. In a game, you don't have time to be on high alert. You got to be able to know your cat call. Like we used to call it, we used to have to yell the slot and the tight end. Whoever was standing up can see it. You, or even the corner receiver, if it's corner crash, you have to scream. Like you have to let the quarterback know that might not know cat, 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 cat. And if he hears that quick, quarterbacks have to know, okay, I got to turn out and get the ball in my hand because there's a cat blitz coming behind me. And so clearly somebody behind me is wide open or I have a hot, a hot breaking route. So all that little stuff uh, where like say a guy does blitz off the corner, nobody calls it, he blows up Kirk Cousins or Jaron Hall or whoever – that's a that's a negative on the on the sheet when the coaches are going back and they're watching the film and they're grading it out and giving guys grades for all the plays. That's what it gets you cut in a minute when all of a sudden you go through the preseason and you're grading out as a 70, you know, 75, 80. That might be good to, to be eligible and play football in school and get that 85, you know, that 75 percent. That's not good enough to make a team. You got to be in that 80, 90 range, that high 80s, 90 range, because there's not the C average on football doesn't work. You got to be B plus, A plus, even in football. You want to be 90 plus percent, like, you know, execution. You can't have 10 plays. You can't have three or four mental errors. You're going to, you're going to find your way out of the team. So I think that part too. How, how does the mental side of the game uh, dictate in the games? Practice, it's controlled. They're telling you the play, they're letting you walk. I don't know if you guys just saw the Chris Sims. Uh, hard knocks when he was there with uh, John Gruden and John Gruden was trying to give him the oh play. Oh my God. Yeah. And he yeah. could not get it. He's like, you know, so confused. Can we yeah, get in and out of the huddle pickle, to get the yeah. scat oh, pickle to Zorro right. left? Uh, green zip motion 383 four, you know, and then he's like, Xbox okay, 360. Okay. 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 <laughs> and he and John Gruden was literally like, dude, how do you not know? And, and, and it's funny because John's reading it. I'm like, John, you say it without reading it. It's not your, your verbiage. Yeah way too long like yeah. oh, that yeah. that that alone like the fact down. that people are like trying to say that's chris sims fault in that clip that's john gruden's fault mm -hmm. like i've always saw like like glenn mason's story glenn mason was on our show glenn mason talked about uh it wasn't cooper but it was who's the old ohio state coach that willie woody allen right or 
Was it Woody Allen? Woody Allen. Woody Hayes. Oh, Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes. Woody Allen Woody is an actor. Hayes. Woody Allen's the actor. Very yeah. Um, yeah. Woody Hayes was Ohio State coach. But Woody Hayes. Okay. Glenn Mason was the coach for Woody Hayes. That's how old he is. He's old as hell. Um, and he said it was black and white, like it was black and white film. And uh, Woody Hayes told him something like about one of his tight ends or something. And Glenn Mason's like, "Look, coach, I told this guy a thousand times, and he still didn't get it." And Woody Hayes was like, "That's your fault. That's You're a horrible you. teacher." Yeah. Like you're a horrible if you told this guy a thousand times and he still doesn't get it, you suck as a teacher. Dude, Mike Tomlin so, says the same thing. Yeah, and like I he, love that. He was on a podcast, he said the exact same thing. <laughs> and so when you think about that, what John Gruden should have done was what does the quarterback need to know? He needs to know the, the personnel. Eleven. That's it. What's next? He needs to know the formation. Trips, twins, that's it. Left or right. Done. What's the next thing? Protection. Scat, zip, scoop. It doesn't need to be 50 words. From there, they just give the play. 383 Y hook. 383 Y flat. Make it simple. That whole thing he did was way too much. And that's clearly why it only worked in Tampa for one year. And then after that, they weren't good. He won Tony Dungy's Super Bowl. That was Tony Dungy's team. He just came in with a different voice. It was Tony Dungy's team. He won Super Bowl, came in with a different voice. Offensive coach winning with the with the one of the also think about this. He left the Oakland Raiders because he couldn't do it. A new coach came into the Oakland Raiders and got them to the Super Bowl. And then, because he knew all the Oakland Raiders calls, I'm he just cheated. saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just saying. Dwight Smith. Oh, Dwight Smith already told me that story. Dwight Smith. Yeah. I got to get Dwight on our show, too. But Dwight Smith, Vikings guy, we know, got caught in the, uh, the stairwells yeah. of uh, downtown Minneapolis with a young lady uh, doing things he shouldn't do in public. But uh, Who hasn't? Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but <laughs> many such cases. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> um, Mon's hands are clean. Yeah, he, are clean. You, well, he hasn't been caught. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can't but prove Smith that. Did say he said he said John Gruden told him on this call. This is what Rich Gannon is going to do. And so that's why Dwight had those two interceptions where he literally just undercut. He didn't even backpedal. He took one step back and just ran and buzzed and knew where the ball was going to go when Rich Gannon saw a certain coverage. So, yeah, John Gruden couldn't win with the Raiders. He won with Tony Dungy's team, couldn't win after that. Like, clearly there's a there's too much going on with John Gruden. But other than that, back to what I was saying, <laughs> it's a lot of work in practice. It's controlled. Game time, can this guy get it going? And that's, I think that's the difference in the two, like game versus practice. And, and so you both you take, but I think the game sometimes, especially when these second tier guys, you know, like a Ross Blacklock, you know, all these guys, you want to see like a Sezi Atamewu. Uh, you want to see them in these game situations to see like, do you deserve to be D line number two or D line number three? Like, I think that's the key. Yeah. Great insight, Ron. We appreciate you coming on all the time at three Ron Johnson on Twitter, host of the Ron Johnson show. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and tomorrow he hosts the Roundtable on Fridays. Catch him on TV on Channel 9 at 8 p.m. tonight leading up to Vikings Seahawks. Can't wait to watch the game, Ron. Can't wait to talk about it tomorrow morning. Appreciate it. I want to say for all the Locked On Sports Minnesota people, keep an eye on Luke Braun's Twitter tonight because his life is rested upon Jacob Copeland and (laughs) Kill Harry. I knew it. I knew it. I knew this was going to come up. I I thought we got through it being civil. And then, and then Ron I promise you, so I do not have a take on either of those two people. Well, right now, now you don't, now that you've been challenged.
Yeah, I want to see. You know what? I'm not gonna lie though. I'm not gonna lie. I got a video. I still haven't tweeted out. I meant to, I said it on K Fan too. By the way, I was on the radio. I didn't say you specifically, Luke. I just said oh, it was fun oh. to watch Keenan McCardell and uh and Kevin O'Connell coach up the receivers. It was cool to see how big Nikhil Harry was. I'm like Jacob Copeland to me in that 28 doesn't look right. But I will say this: Jacob Copeland does have twitchiness to him. Like he runs really crisp routes. He 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 he's a really good looking receiver. I'd say him and uh Nikhil Harry are opposites. They're literally polarized opposite yeah. receivers. Yeah, like so I, I can see the twitchiness conversation of like, man, this guy looks quick. He looks fast. He looks explosive. He does. Nikhil Harry looks like I'm a veteran. I'm big. I'm strong. Get out my way. Like he he doesn't look like he's gonna do anything twitchy. He looks like he's gonna Mack truck run somebody over if you try to press him. And so they are different. So when you're watching, I'm not gonna lie, you're right. When you watch them warm up, yeah, Jacob Copeland looks like the guy that you want. But then when you get them in seven on seven, Nikhil Harry kind of made those diving catches. And I think everybody's like, whoa, this guy's yeah. good. So I mean, I'm looking forward to tonight because that's, both that's of them exactly have what happened yeah. on the on the Thursday night practice, too. Like and, you got up into it and you got into Andrew Booth. He killed Andrew Booth on that Thursday night practice. <laughs> but yeah, they both I, I, they both I, have different stuff. So I'm excited Ron to watch them tonight. A good point that to the untrained eye, one cannot distinguish between. That's a good point that Luke can't figure this out. <laughs> Luke figured it out. I will say I have a I have a train receiver eye, and he does look very twitchy. Like he looks, but then this is funny. Watch Jacob Copeland warm up, and then watch Jordan Addison. It's a different speed yeah. there. Jordan yeah. Addison is so yeah. smooth and fast. He plays at 4-4 at all times. Like it is amazing when you watch. It's almost like the Zay Flowers. And then the uh, the uh, who's on the same team? Not Zay Flowers. It's uh, yeah, no, it's Zay, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley and Calvin Zay Ridley. Yeah, Zay yeah. Jones Zay and Calvin Jones Ridley. And Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it, it's we were like just that. about that at the beginning of the. It show. looks just yeah. like yeah. that. Like yeah. like Zay Jones, you're like, man, he's fast. And you're like Calvin Ridley. Like, dude, are you in fast four right now? Yeah, what is like, going it's, on? It's the same thing. Like Copeland is like twitchy. Pyrone gets out, and then you're like, man, Jordan Addison is like a Ferrari going down the highway at 140, like running routes. Like he legitly a, he's, a he's Lamborghini. Legit. It's, I don't want. I'm not. I'm, there's no factualness to my statement. <laughs> <laughs> there were no Ferraris used in my story. <laughs> These are. It's like. It's like. Uh. uh what's the 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 uh. Doom, doom, law and order. These yeah. are not real things that have happened, but they have been chosen <laughs> off stories that are not completely true. It's a Ferrari. <laughs> That's the story going to change. Yeah. Like when the story of the Minnesota Vikings Sounds Super Bowl better. run and Justin Jefferson's like historic rise to 180 million dollar contract it's going to be a ferrari we can't put a lambo yeah. in that because it's not the truth this is a when, this is a made-up hollywood story it, it yeah, depends exactly. on who funds the the project that's you need <laughs> oh, to make that true it might be a range rover yeah, yeah a range rover yeah, might right. step up and do it who knows might be a, me a, a that range would be rover amazing truck. if range rover was like yeah he was he was going 141 of ours <laughs> <laughs> I've lost control of the show. I've lost control of. My, All right, fellas, you guys have a good one. I got to go get a haircut. I got to pick my suits up and get ready for tonight. All right, can't wait to watch you, Ron. Appreciate it. All right, sounds good. Good, good stuff from Ron Johnson, and uh, that sends us to the end of this one. On oh, where are we? Oh, there it is. There it is. That's the end of the Minnesota Football Party. Enjoy the game tonight, fellas. Uh, I'll be watching the preseason fantasy stats closely and tabulating as we go. I'll tweet them uh, out so people know what's going on. Wait, no Can't punishment? On the postcast. No, no set punishment? No, the, winner, winner? the winner will pick the loser punishment. Let's let's say oh, that for man. sure. Oh, wow. You, he, I don't know if you can do that. I don't Why? Know. Sam, I hope you win. Well, it's got to be of like something we all agreed upon prior to, like two or three options. Okay, well, then you better brainstorm in the next uh, 10 hours.
Okay, it's fine. Get in the text. Right. Get in the winner, text thread. Winner picks anything they want for the loser. You got it. Get, get in the text. Get in the text thread with some ideas, and then we'll we'll. Hash what it what out. about like an advantage or a disadvantage going into the gambling of the season? in the regular season? Oh, contest? that's actually really good. I love that yeah. idea. I think the like, winner like gets the winner gets and the loser gets a disadvantage, and then the two in the middle get nothing. Yeah, like the the winner or like the order is the order we pick the first week or something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think, I like think first not, selection of a bet. I, I, I don't think know that's if... not strong enough. I think it like we could do it where it changes the odds by like one hundred. What if you oh, get like yeah. teaser points or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A, an odds boost, or you get extra points. Yeah, on we your fig- week we, one we can figure player. out the details, but I like the framework. I like it. Yeah. We got to go. Minnesota Football Party, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Luke, Luke, Arif, I'm Sam. Thanks for listening or watching, and go buy some bird dogs.